You can prepare for everything that you can control, but that's not very much. My goal was just to hunt as hard as I could, as long as I could, at all costs. Better ask it, man. <laughs> Speak for yourself. 28 and sunny, we're almost definitely going to have hikers on the trail, boys. I'm getting across that damn river, and I'm getting after those goats. Let's go. We're hunting. We're going after something. You weren't seeing too much. And I was walking through the bush and I said to, I just, you know, I'm not a religious guy per se, but I went, geez, God, I wish I could uh, show me a five point. So I'm walking along and there was a dead deer there, five point laying dead there. And then I go, let me rephrase that, God, a live one. That was a dead that you It was dead laying there. And I just took the horns. Had, like the head, the whole skull. Man, that's a good rack, though. I just took it. Mm. Yeah, so it either was wounded or something, or it died of old age, whatever. But it was yeah. laying there, the rib cage and everything. And like the half the skull's missing. Was that chewed off, or did that? Did you cut? No, oh, I just cut it off. No. Yeah. No, the man in the front. You cut the front as well. Yeah, I just cut it. So yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Rephrase that. Yeah, no kidding. I've since hit record, so um, the voice you're hearing. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is episode nine. The fellow you just heard, that's my good friend, hunting mentor, one of my favorite people in the world. That's Chris Laxton. Welcome, Chris. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate you including me in this. This is oh, kind of very cool. Very yeah. cool. I, first time in the podcast, I haven't, uh, didn't know much about it until you sent me yours today. And, and it was really interesting to hear it because um, not only the, the entertainment value from you know, when you're listening to it and when, when you're hunters, you're kind of glued to it. But as much as that, it's a great uh, vehicle for information. I mean, it oh, is man, amazing. Tons of, yeah. tons and it's focused books. information. It's not like turning a radio on and you get a whole bunch of stuff you don't need to hear to, just to try to catch one part. You can just go straight to a podcast and you're there. And yeah. that, that's, a, that's a cool part about it. I like that part about it. Yeah. And you can, you can filter through until you find one you want. Right? Well, hopefully people get that out of this one. Well, uh, yeah, it'd be great. Hopefully for sure. Oh, absolutely. You're a... Oh, I should introduce Sam's here as well. Hey, Sam. Hey, how are you doing? Good, buddy. Thanks Good. for coming on. Yeah, up. not a problem. Nick couldn't make it because he's having to work. Um, yeah, so I've got Sam up here instead. Well, it's an entertainment Um But Chris, like, tr- like truthfully, you inspired so, like, so much of my hunting, and especially this stuff because you're such a good storyteller. And every time I come here, I just get so fired up. So, like... Yeah, we've got to capture this stuff. How long... Like, I've, I've come to you with, like, a hundred hairbrain ideas, like, Man, we've got to write a book about you. We've got to do this. Like, I just, <laughs> man, well, you're truly one of the most favorite people in the world. Like, I'm not blowing smoke at you. Ask you just. Well, I appreciate it very much. And, guy. and you know, and a big part of why I do taxidermy. I don't do taxidermy for the money. I mean, if it was, I would be, uh, I would be long broke many, many years ago. <laughs> I do it. Well, first of all, I love doing it. I love to uh, bring animals back to life. Like every taxidermist, I'm sure, uh, likes that part of it. But as much as that, I like meet people. I've met like. Some of my best friends, and, and of course you and, and some of the other friends I have through taxidermy. It's a fantastic way to meet people because we're here for the same reasons in a lot of ways. And you meet all kinds of different I, way they, the reasons they want that mounted. It could be the first deer yeah. they ever shot. It doesn't have to be a trophy by any means. Mm-hmm. Some of the best stories aren't from trophies. You said that your wife commented, your lovely wife Michelle commented that she liked the way I hunt because I keep getting small things mounted. <laughs> he's in it for the right reason yeah that's right and, and, she, and she so does believe that because so many people so many hunters are 
are labeled trophy hunters and, right. and, and wrongly because if people don't understand that the trophies are the ones that quite often need to be the ones that are taken out, you know, because they're past their prime in one thing or another. All hunters that are hunters know that, but yeah. uh, people that don't hunt don't know that quite so much. Uh, but of course, on the other hand, the, the probably the better eaten ones are the, are the younger ones, so sure. we take those out too. So the ones in between are the ones you like to keep around. But you had one of the greatest stories I've seen. You've got a doe mounted, and that was um, my daughter's. Uh, yeah, your daughter's first deer, right? That was her first. That was her first. No, that was her second deer, but her first whitetail. Right. Yeah. So, and like, that's a beautiful mount. Yeah, yeah and it's gorgeous. You doesn't have to like exactly. Doesn't have to have animals. Yeah, that's no. a that's a trophy to me. Yeah. Like obviously they're all trophies, but the the, the trophy isn't what's up in front of its ears. There, the trophy is what it represents to that person. A hundred percent. Hundred percent, and and it's the story behind it is the trophy in my view, and right. that's what I like. And yeah. I and you know I, my wife says I'm perfect for a podcast because I like to ramble. She said, "Oh man, you Chris couldn't pick the more perfect guy because <laughs> I never <laughs> stop talking." Right? But that's just me that's because I do like to hear the stories, and you do? Uh, oh, it's fantastic, and that's and I like hearing yeah I like coming here and just hearing your stories and yeah it's great man, you you absorb those stories and you can everything on the wall like even your, your clients mounts you know that story yeah well exactly and there's there's no end to them no. i mean it's 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 really good that way and i like the the diverse stories i mean it's whether they a guy did a deer for, for a fellow last year that uh he hit a hit a blacktail buck on bradner road and right here down in the valley and yeah. with his daughter and, and his son-in-law and that really bothered him but it was just a little two-point buck and it not, really not bothered. Hunter? no not hunter oh, and right. uh it really bothered then that they hit this deer, but he, uh, then the daughter says, we got to have that mounted. And, um, and because the, the you know, they mm. wanted to remember that deer because yeah. they hit it, they took its life, they ate it, they, they got, they phoned the game warden up, they got a permit for it to keep it and they got it butchered and everything. But she, it was her idea. She says, I want to have this thing remembered. So it's another thing altogether different from what we expect to hear, right? Exactly. That's, Man, that's, that's wicked. It is, yeah, it's really it. cool. And they were really excited about it when it was mounted, and they were excited to take it home. And it was really neat. It's again, another another avenue yeah. for taxidermy. To, you know, and then of course, and then there are birds. I mean, how many? Most of the birds I find do some ducks and things that people hunt, but the majority I do, I do is from being hit by cars and things like that. And people find them, and yeah, why let them just last week? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man, that's cool. And, and why let them that come to be? Pardon me. How did that come? You get hit by a car, hit by uh, on the highway. And what's the process? Call the game warden. Uh, no, uh, call the wildlife uh, branch in in, um, in Surrey. Sorry, yeah. Get hold of the biologist, um, Jack Evans, and then he well he's one of them, the one the go to guy there. Yeah. And then he will you take it down there, and they will inspect it and uh, make sure that it's uh, and do it is and take it from it. That's yeah. right, hundred percent. Make sure it hasn't been shot, and uh, and plus for his own records, he knows yeah. he takes some information on where it was hit and stuff like that, and. Um, and then you get the issue of permit, and the permit's sixty-five dollars, and typically it is. And then you're legal possession. Then you could take it, and that permit, not unlike before, before you you had to take it back in and transfer it. If I wanted to, if if I have a a bird with a permit and I want to give it to you, I would have to go get it transferred. Now the permit just stays with the. Right. Bird. So that's kind of a way, nicer yeah. way to do it. That's so much better. easier. Yeah. It always sure. stays with that bird now. So what's your what's your wife's situation, Sam, with the taxidermy in the house? Because um, you've got that bucket shots in the garage, you're on now. Yeah, that usually stays in my office. Um, I just brought it out there 
for some uh, for some fun while I was getting the gear ready. Some inspiration. Inspira- inspiration, yeah. exactly. But no, it's in the office. I have uh, a moose rack in the living room from my grandpa. Huh. Uh, and then I have a beautiful, beautiful five by six. Um, super dark. It, it's from the Black Forest in Germany. Um, my Rachel's great great grandfather shot that in uh, yeah, the Black Forest in Germany, and it is it's gorgeous. It's it, and it's it's in, it's in the house as well. She she likes seeing them, especially the ones that are close to home. It's the memories as well. But I I think as I think with the conversations that I've been having with my wife and how she even mentions is how how passionately I talk about animals and not just the not just the the resource that it is for your family to you know for the food on the plate but the the respect value i have for these animals and the specific ones that i'm going out for if i were to go out and get something that i, I was to say you know what rachel i'm i'm getting this mounted she wouldn't she blink an eye yeah she would right, she's a good yeah. wife yeah, yeah. she Eva. yeah it, it's not like you know i i it's not like every week i'm going to be bringing home something right she she knows that if if i were to bring it to the table and that's like anything in our marriage. And I think that's just, yeah, married my best friend. And, and that's just one of the things that I know about her. Is if, if, if I'm passionate about it, she doesn't have to be passionate about it, but she just respects that I'm passionate right about it. Well, that's and, good. And, and that, she, that's uh, very important. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That's outside with me and Cass too. Yeah. And now I'm like, get a wall space. <laughs> I mean, everything. <laughs> Not everything, but a lot. There's a reason Chris and I are such good buddies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's awesome because I think, I, and I think it's funny how we started and it, the topic came up right away because uh, Taylor uh, and I, on the way back from the hunt this weekend, were listening to, I believe it was a Meat Eater podcast and uh, they had uh, Boone and Crockett on uh, and they yeah, were talking, they were talking about how, how the term trophy hunter had just been, has just been so miscued and just kicked to the curb and anytime anybody sees antlers or a, a, a mount or anything it's just trophy hunter and now trophy hunter is that bad word to a lot of people but like you said like for me after just hearing you talk for four minutes the trophy is not what's on the wall the trophy is what's behind it oh, 100%. right and it reminds you of, it reminds the, the, you of the, it's, it's the story yeah. right oh, sure. and and that's and, and a lot of people don't get that and, and it's it could be hard for them when I get that, but it, they just have to be open to the idea of, listen, like, it's not, I didn't take this buck down tro- specifically to hang it on my wall to say, here's a trophy I got for bowling a 300, right? This is, this is more than that. This is more than, than a trophy in karate or whatever. This is a story. This is a legacy. And, um, and I think, I think you have to, I think you have to do a Euro mount or do a full mount or whatever you do to remember that animal. Cause well, it's, sure. it's, it's a huge thing well, to take someone's life. And I think, yeah, it's, I just put that garbage bag down. That's got, uh, my black bear in yeah. it from this year. There is, I want 100% do not need another bear now, but I could not bring myself to leave that in the bush. Yeah. I could not. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, well Chris, that guy, that bear, that the fellow that owns that bear, Another became a pretty good friend yeah. of mine. He, I kid you not, that's like the fifth bear he's gonna have hanging on his wall. Right. He, every single one he's got, and I got two in the tanner right now for him. Oh, one, yeah. another half mount. I, I just sent one back. I got a picture of it on my phone. I just Jeez. sent that one back, and now this one, another one's in the tanner, and a rug that his son just shot in the, that that uh, is in the tanner. Yeah. He gets them all done. He like, he, I, he, I has, he feels it, he like, has. That fur is just so beautiful. It's mm-hmm. just like he feels that it, the need to. He just. 
He says, I, I just can't, same thing, I got to do something with it. Yeah. I got to do, just, even if he just got it tanned, he's yeah. going to bring that and then, so that he has it, he, he, and he shows respect to the bear yeah. by keeping it. Huge. But not everybody does. I mean, that's not for everybody. No. You know, it's, it's, that's for, for me and, and maybe for, for Sam and, and you would do that, but not everybody because not everybody, not only it's a financial thing, you know, it costs a lot of money to get it tanned and they, you got to, you know, by the time you spend the money to go hunting, and that is, that is a lot of big decision for people, right? They go hunting, they, they shoot a bear for it because it's fantastic meat for people like, like it very much and, or a deer and it's great meat. I mean, it's the best there is. And then now to tack on a taxidermist or, or a tanning on top of it, at some point they draw the line. So if you're using an animal, like you're eating it and that's what you usually go for, right? Yeah, Typically yeah. that's why you're going. And that's just kind of a bonus on top. And if you're able to and you can afford to do it and you're and you want to do it, then that's for sure the thing to do, in my opinion. For sure. And not because you I'm a taxidermist. In your house, Chris? Pardon me? You got taxidermy in your house? Nope, not a chance. Really? <laughs> hey? My wife's seen it oh, her whole She's horrible yeah, life in the last smell it. She's been together for thirty friend. years and well, I used to have an elk in the in the house when we lived in Sumas Mountain. I my first five point elk I ever gotten. I had that mounted bugling, but took up a half a wall, you know. They really you do take up a lot of bugling? room. Pardon me? I had a mounted bugling, yeah. So it's like head up, just now, like, Wah! Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, dude. Yeah. Wow. Did you see that one I just mounted? I don't know. And that's the same guy that was this. I mean, this guy's got so much stuff in this. Oh, maybe you can't do this on over in the podcast. Yeah, I mean, this is an audio format. Show me after this, because then... Uh, I'll, show you, I'll, show you. Oh, I'll show you later. Yeah, yeah show me later. Yeah. But it, yeah, it takes up a lot of room. So my wife says, uh, no, this isn't going to... This isn't gonna fly. So you have a big house, like you can get one. So where's that sitting now? Uh, I mean, it's long gone. Yeah, long gone. It was we moved it so many times, and then uh, I don't even know where it ended up. I don't even know where the horns ended up. I gave either gave it to somebody, mm -hmm. but um, it, somebody would have it somewhere. Yeah. You seen that little black bear? There's a little black, like a bear, like in like a seated position. At your place. In my place. Yeah. Yeah, Chris came in. Chris had that sitting up here for how long? Did really? Like long time. Oh yeah, for years. <laughs> he said, hey, he's, My dad shot that. <laughs> he's like, he's like, take this. So I go. Wow. So that's how I sit in, um, that's just sitting in my shop. Let's mother, let's mother, old ball taxidermy and we're going to, we're going to do something with it. Oh soon. yeah. Um, Chris, how'd you, tell us how you got into taxidermy. Well, my dad, I started doing taxidermy. Yeah, I'll bet on that. About 20. Yeah, catch off. Yeah, just stop yeah. No problem. How'd you get into hunting and then taxidermy? Yeah. Well, hunting was that my dad was a hunter, so it was natural. I got three other brothers, and we all hunted. Um, well, I mean, they don't be If you want to be, grab a beer. Appreciate it. Okay. Um, no, my dad was a hunter, and uh, my mom hunts. She hunted too. Um, so we all hunted, and we we grew up in Bradner, and hunting was like we had a dairy farm, but you we you don't you don't feed the hand the feeds them out, yeah, whatever yeah, the yeah. word is, I don't even know what it is because he was like, he don't, you don't kill the cows if they're to eat, you, we hunted deer instead. Right. So that's how we, I grew up hunting deer and ducks, so we did a lot of duck hunting. That, that's where you grew up there, um, that's where you took me hunting, right? Yep, down okay, there. So this is one of my favorite hunting stories of all time. When you took me into that spot that you learned to hunt in, I don't know if you learned to hunt there, but where you grew up That's hunting. where I learned to hunt, yeah. Literally, Sam, we walked through this patch of woods, Full of deer sign, every single tree Chris could lean on, and he'd say, My brother and I snuck up to this tree, and there's a four point bed there. And then we get to another one. My mum shot one here and dragged it out by herself. Every tree had a story. Like every tree in this wood, and like how many years ago was that? Like how many years ago were you there as a kid, and now? Oh, that I'm was back in 
that was back in uh, in the sixties. No, wow. I, I'm there nearly forty years later. Wow. And he's still got these memories of these trees. Sixty years later. <laughs> What'd you say? Sixty years later. Well, for, uh, what is it? Uh, no, it was 40, in the sixties. Yeah, sixty years later. Back oh, in the sixties. Yeah. Sixty years later. That's a long, long time. I'm not good at math. Um, mm. But yeah, Chris got me onto a my first archery bike in there. First really? And, first and last. So Bradner, last. like Abbotsford Bradner. Yeah, yeah, that's not too much. That's enough. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Abbotsford by yeah, Abbotsford by. You wanted to wear the turn off yeah. to get in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right about Glen Valley. You know where Glen Valley is? It's right. Yeah, there. Glen Valley, Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Anyways, so but uh, down in that area of Brander, but uh, but it's all private. It's all private. So you have to know somebody to hunt there. You can't just go in. You know, you got yeah, it's all private land back there. But I I knew we grew up there. So in years went by, I got to know uh, the people that bought it, and uh, we, you know, it's a long story to get it to how we got the hunt there, but it's a good story. But <laughs> yeah. but I won't get into that one just this time. But we will one day how we got back hunting there. It's a pretty cool story. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, anything that's uh, location specific, we should. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, it was uh, it was it was neat because it had a lot of history there. It's yeah, hunting history, unreal. Hunting history. I, mean, I was showing Chris. I got a book somewhere in there, but all all my I wrote down every story of every deer I shot. And, Fuck uh, man, that's amazing. Mean, you gotta, right? yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta yeah. I got it. every story. I wrote it down. I sat here one day, and my brother Dave and I, we don't, we, we get along a little bit better now. But back in the day, um, we were, we hunted, we were, we hunted good together. We just hunted like we just knew each other exactly where he was going. I knew where I was going, and we worked like a team. We always got a deer. We always yeah. got a deer. So I had so many stories. So it's really cool. It's really cool. That was cool for me. I loved that. The day I shot the deer, Chris wasn't with me. He sent me, he goes, yeah, go on, I can't make it, go hunting. We were going hunting Sunday. And I went in and called him afterwards. I'm like, Chris, I have a deer. And I don't know what you were doing, but he was there quick. Really? Yeah. I was driving along the lake. I was coming home with my, with Michelle and he called me and put it on Michelle's list and she goes, you got to go. I thought, I thought I'd, I thought I'd left it up. I thought I'd got a bad hit with the boat. Oh really? And I'm like, Chris, I'm like probably going to not looking for this deer. So it, was, it actually felt like a really long time because I was sitting there and I'm like, yeah, the head's going to the worst place possible. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just sat down. Chris, like, he's called me down. He's like, Chris, you know, just sit down, wait for me. So I sat where I was. He really? Walked, he walked past the dead deer to get to me. I don't know. <laughs> he walked straight past it and then it came over and then we went looking for it and it didn't go. We found it in 10 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Maybe. It didn't go that far. No. It went probably 50 yards from where I saw it last. Yeah. Probably 100 yards from where I originally shot it, but I did jump it and, man, it was cool. Yeah. So what Michelle cool. saying? Michelle, Michelle said, you got to go. you got to go right now. So she's like booted at home, dropped, dropped and, and I just grabbed my bow, just in case. And so I just oh, yeah. quickly went down there and, and I called you, called you when I was about halfway. And so I'm, I'm getting there. So just hanging there. <laughs> it was exciting for me too. Like it was really exciting because yeah. uh, well, just to totally. be part of it. Anytime you're part of a hunt, it's exciting. Right. Oh, for sure. 100%. But to get in, so then once I started... I hung around with my dad. Me and my dad were really close. Yeah. And he was a taxidermist. So then uh, that's how I learned. I, mean, I was around 12 years old and I just hung around him, started working on birds off a little bit here and did mostly birds for quite a while. And uh, But things were different back then because taxidermy's evolved so much. Oh, yeah. Like some of the stuff people are doing with like these oh, habitats. And, unbelievable. Oh I, like those are superstar taxidermists. Those are professional taxidermists. That's what they do. They're amazing. Yeah. They're artists beyond yeah. belief. I mean, I'm so far from that, it's not even funny. But... Um, but when my dad first started doing taxidermy, I kid you not, he would use a two by four, nail the skull to the two by four, and use a 
product. It's called Celsius. It's the stuff that's like straws, but they used to pack dishes and stuff with that <laughs> straws kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then he would bind the neck with that in, in uh, cotton string. And then uh, and the tanning was very rustic back then too. And that's why you see not a lot of the old pictures of bars and stuff where the mounts are, are bug-eyed, like yeah. deer in the headlight eyes, because it shrunk so much. Oh, yeah. And then the ear liners, back in those days, they used sheets of lead to put in the ears. Really? To make the ear liners. Now, of course, everything's plastic. But so then they went from that, and then they came paper forms, and the paper for hollow paper forms for years. And that was like, like paper mache. Yeah, like sort of like paper mache. Yeah, and uh, and uh, but they were hollow, and it was a huge advancement. Like it was a big breakthrough. I mean, it was fantastic. But you couldn't carve them, and the, and the the poses they had were very crude. You know, they weren't. Uh, that good, but it's still way better than nailing a skull to a two by two. Totally, yeah. And then, Just evolved. Yeah, and then of course then it went to foam. The early foam ones, I used to have one here for a long time. They're heavy, real dense, heavy foam, and uh, and very limited selection. But now it's, it's the sky's the limit. You can do anything. Now it's lightweight foam. You can carry a moose, in one, a moose form in one arm. Yeah. And uh, no, how much it, how much carving and stuff goes into one of those foam mounts? Like when they make them? Like for you. Like oh. when you get one, like how much? I guess well, the, 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 de the detail work, like on a, the deer around the tear ducts and stuff, uh, and, the, and making the eyes when you want to turn them a little bit, not a lot, not a lot, because they're so detailed. The, the form, the form, the forms themselves are so detailed now. There's not a lot you need to do. Uh, you, huh. Even when you like, I, that's the thing about now. It's so advanced. Not only the products, but the information, the material. You can just YouTube. You can literally YouTube shoot a deer. YouTube how to skin it. YouTube how to how to turn the ears, the lips, cape it all. Get it to the tanner, YouTube how to prep it for the form and, and uh, mount it all on YouTube. But what makes the difference is uh, knowing, like anybody could just put it on, but to try to get the detail, try to make it still right. look good. Well, you're an artist. Anybody can get paint by number on, on Amazon, but you get an artist to paint you a picture. Like, that's the difference. Oh, 100%. And it's, yeah. it's, you see yeah. it. It's the saying taxidermy looks like taxidermy, and taxidermy looks like an animal. Yeah. It looks like a live animal. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and birds are a big thing. Birds are the. I think the bird, birds are the. Uh, the that's, a, that's an old mount, but the birds are the are the big thing because I've seen over the years really really good taxidermists, and uh, but the birds are done wrong, and uh, the birds are are a little tricky to make what, look natural. What do you do with a bird? Like a bird doesn't come with a foam form. I just carve it out of a piece of star foam myself. Oh yeah. Yeah, I carve it. I just carve trace it and carve those. So and then, but. Uh, but there's different things with birds that that people don't realize. Like that is, you know, that's a that's a green winged teal, which is a which is a puddle duck, and yeah. and so puddle ducks when they fly, they have their legs forward, their feet forward, and a diver duck, the legs go straight out back. Well, I got a picture in my album where um, a taxidermist mounted a was a widgeon, which is <laughs> a puddle, but the legs are straight out the back. He probably didn't know when he mounted it, but it's not natural, and, no. that, and that just bugged me. Now I can't change it. I couldn't change it for the guy because it'll just break. You can't. You get they're they're now dried, and you get, but they go straight out the back, which is completely wrong. But it's just one little little details, right? No, that that I would, that I noticed right that's away. Important. Yeah, it is awesome. important. It's not natural. Because again, it goes back to respecting the animal, right? You're you're doing something completely unnatural. Yeah. Now we've got exactly right. Now we're putting that right. bird in the wrong. It's just wrong. It's yeah. just not. It's not the bird anymore. Yeah. So what do you think of that when someone comes in and asks for something stupid? Like I want my bear. Uh, Give him the middle finger. Yeah, I want my bear. Oh, talk. Yeah, middle finger. I got a good story for you. Like, <laughs> um, like if someone comes in with a bear and like they want it to hold like uh, like an ashtray. Yeah, or you know that things like that. I don't. 
I don't really uh, see. I've never. That's never happened to me. Nobody's ever yeah. done that. I've seen pictures of that before, and I, that doesn't appeal to me. I, no. I, I don't like that. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what I would do if somebody asked me to do it. I don't. I don't know what. Like I, gag I, stuff, almost. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. make it. It's almost degrading to the animal. Is that how you felt about that squirrel I bought you? That's not degrading. <laughs> I just, you've seen the picture. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's good. If anybody hasn't seen it, go to my Instagram, at Chris Print. There's a squirrel that Chris mounted for me and it's on a log. And it looks like the arrow. It looks like I've shot it with the bow and the arrow's cut off the tip of its tail and the squirrel's holding the severed end of its tail and flipping me off at the same time. It's yeah. <laughs> freaking fantastic. It's like, that was very creative. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Well, it was one of those things that, like I say, I don't do it very often, but... Uh, in a case like that, as as uh, yeah, it was one of those things I did. You know, I don't do it very often, but so it's kind of kind of interesting to do that. One. Yeah. And people, I haven't had everybody that's seen the pictures, or whatever. They thought they all they don't feel it's that degrading to and it's just the way it, it looks or whatever. They don't really look at it that way as being yeah. degrading. So but, that just speaks to like the general stigma around big game and how it's people view it so much differently than. A squirrel. A squirrel. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exactly, and then that's but but that's what you would expect a squirrel would do. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's you know, got that, that attitude. It's got that's that what a squirrel. That's yeah, a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a squirrel's character. Yeah. That is almost natural yeah. because <laughs> that is almost like a squirrel would turn back and chatter. He would beak you off like yeah. Yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah. and then probably would flip you the bird. You know what? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it probably Yeah, it's very close to what it would do. You see, you just did it for him a little bit. Yeah. There we go. But uh, I know, yeah, all the taxes. I mean, like. Well, I guess with the exception of the squirrel, like the, the bears and the bucks and everything on the everything else should be me, goats. I want it to look as natural as 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 it can. I hope like even one of those bears I got you to uh open, open its mouth a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's because that's how it was when I when I saw it. Its mouth was just slightly open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a good way to remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's it's been interesting over the years because uh you, you meet so many real incredibly good people, but you meet some that aren't quite so good too. So that's always an interesting thing too. Mm. I've had run-ins with people over the years. I mean, um, you, you know, I'm not, I don't know how many, I can't count the amount of people that I've met. And I'd say 90, 99% of them are good. Every so often you, yes, you run into yeah. a guy that you just have trouble with. Oh my Money? God. Um, or like just or money money or, or I well, I'll give you an example I did a, a bull out for a guy don't get yourself in trouble don't mention his name right? I won't mention his name doesn't <laughs> even matter the story doesn't doesn't the name doesn't matter but I did this bull out for a guy he brought it in and it was a nice big six point and he wanted it mounted bugling and I said well if I do a bugling the horns are going to hit the wall so I'm going to have to it's going to be the, the it's this naturally the, yeah. the form's going to have to be a, like a sneak mount yeah. he didn't like that you know, you want to want it up, you're like, well, I said I can't do it, the horns are up, the horns will hit the wall. I just got to have to make a turn on it, sideways. And, uh, and there's limited poses like that, and it's almost a 90 degree turn, and so I told him, he said, oh, this is all good, okay. So then, uh, finally, I got it mounted, and then, uh, and then I told him it was ready. It took him months to get up here, months to get up here. Finally, so he came. After you called him, oh, it took months for him to come up. You, like literally call me. I, I literally leave work, come straight here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He, yeah, exactly. And then he finally came up there and he opened up the door. He goes, "What did you do to my elk?" I said, "What do you mean?" That was his opening line. I wanted it. I, 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 I didn't want it turned. I said that. And so now I have this big argument on my hands. And then he uh, wouldn't. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, uh, oh, it went on and on. The argument went on and on. And then he wasn't going to take it. And then he left and told me I had to deliver it to. He was going to be. 
at church in, in uh, Chilliwack, and he wanted me to meet him there with it. Why couldn't he take it? Oh, he, he, he just walked out. He was, he was so, so mad. mad. So mad he walked out. Wow. What? Yeah. And then I said, I phoned him up. Then I said, you know what? Um, with all due respect, I'm going to sell it and get recover my Oh, my, he wanted you to deliver it for free? Yeah. Okay. And I said, I'm going to, because I phoned him up, are you going to take it or what? Well, then you got to deliver it to me. I said, no, do always, I said, I'm going to sell it and get recover my money. I had enough by that time. So he came up and I, cause it was big and I, I don't I got very, I got a really tiny shop yeah. and I, and I got no room. So I no. had to take it off the wall and, and it's awkward for myself to try to hold it up there and put, so when I, he came up, I said, hold your arms up because I'm going to take the lag bolt out and hold it on the wall and down it come. And then when he's holding it and I go, now you know I didn't like putting up and up, up off and on the roof, uh, on the wall all the time. And he took so, it. So he took, yeah, he carried out the doors and I, and I, oh, he went and I, I saw him again. He, I made him pay first, but before he took it, it was a tough one. So I had a couple like that. And I've had one guy threaten me, you know, That's because it was bare hide. But it was, that was part of the, to do with the tannery. The tannery, the one I used to use, he, a great guy, one of the nicest guys they ever want to meet, but he took so long to get stuff done. And then that's a reflection on me because how do people... Yeah, that's a common misconception. Like people think yeah. the taxidermist is taking so long. It's that's right. It's at the mercy of the, ta of the tanner. Oh, it's not limited tanners around. Oh, yeah. 100%. It is limited. Very limited. Yeah. Like how many tanners do you have to choose from? Like four? Well, there's, I don't even know how many there are in the valley. I, I, there's only, a, as far as I know, there may be two here. There's one at... You know, I know there's one in Vernon, yeah. and uh, but it's very limited, very limited. Right, and so because it's limited, those people are already yeah, so busy. Yeah, they're busy, right. and then they know, and they're they're at their mercy. I mean, they they don't go. The one I use now, they're fantastic. They're fantastic. Mm -hmm. They are man, fantastic people, and um, they are black powder tannery. I don't mind saying that. Yeah, yeah, they so are just um, uh, wonderful people, yeah. and they they get the stuff out. Uh, uh, usually really quick, you know, typically two or three months, sometimes a little longer, but that's, uh, sometimes that's quicker. quick. Well, sometimes quicker, well, right? I've taken capes down there and like literally three weeks or a month later and they call me up, your capes are ready. And like, so it happens quicker even, but, but, uh, they're, they're really good. They're, they treat me real well. Right. They're really good people. So, uh, I'm lucky mm -hmm. that I found a good tannery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause I think I bring you something last year and you turned it around fast. Really yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, people get it's a little too fast for people that don't, don't expect to pay right. Like <laughs> yeah, because it is something that it's one of those extra expenses that people aren't no, always I'm prepared. Too quick on that there, I've been dumping money on a lot of things like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. camera equipment, slow, oh, yeah. slow playing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. So, yeah, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun over the years, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I asked you not to tell Sam, but you already did. But that sheep on the wall. I want to hear about that. Well, we had, uh, we had, this was, uh, we were hunting up at the Stone, Stone Mountain Park. And we, we yeah, had, how long ago? It was around 1970. Okay. Yeah, because I, I was nine years old. And uh, we went into the Tetsa River. We weren't seeing it. We, one fella got, a, there was another guy in our group, and his name was Herb Seavers, a nice guy, years ago. I don't know if he's even around anymore, a long time ago. And he uh, he got a he got a ram in Stone Mountain, and then we didn't see anything else. And then so we we were on horses, so we went over across the highway into the Tetsa River, North Horses Tetsa River. straight across the highway. Pretty well, just down a little bit, <laughs> down, really down. not too far down, and then uh, down by Muncho Lake, yeah. Muncho Lake or something like. Yeah. Can't remember not looking at map, but we went in uh, Tetsa River, and it was not a, not that far of a ride, maybe. 
I'm guessing four or five hour ride with horses, so it's not that far in. Yeah. And then we came to this spot where the Ken Otto, the outfitter, had picked out for us. And and uh, we climbed to the top of this bald mountain, this alpine mountain. Um, it was steep, couldn't hit the horses very far up. Then we just tied them up and walked up to the top. Yeah. And you're a kid. Oh, yeah, I was just a kid. Oh, Eight, nine, nine years, years old. Well, you're nine year old on this horseback shape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, we laid down, it was the middle of the day. Just to have a nap, yeah. and then I, I, I woke up and I could hear rocks rolling over the edge of the mountain. And I could hear the rocks trickling from the something walking on the slide just over the edge, or or somewhere down there. And then um, so I woke my dad up and I said I whispered I could hear something down there, and he could hear it. And then the, then my dad woke you know the guide woke up and and uh, we got up and started walking along the top of the mountain, and then we came to a little bit of a, a little I don't know. The cleft, of, I don't know the exact word for it, but a little gully in the mountain, if you will, right. of some cliffs and stuff. And uh, my dad was looking at the sh at the benches on this on this cliff, and it was full of sheep droppings, like thick with sheep droppings. And my dad turned to Ken Otto, the guide, and says, "Ken, sheep have been living here for a thousand years." And right then, Ken goes, <laughs> "Shoot, shoot!" And there's big full curl, two full curl ramps standing probably, I kid you not, it, it might not have been 15 yards, it might have been 10 yards. It like Jeez. Holy you could reach right. out and touch them almost. They were so close, and one turned and jumped across from one clip right across, and my dad shot it midair. Shot it in the air. Shot it right in midair. Like he was jumping right across, and he shot it midair. Uh -huh. And then it, it landed, and he shot again, and then he hit it in the horn, and it stood there, and Ken said, Shoot it again because I've chased these things for a thousand miles. But my dad knew it wasn't going anywhere. And that sheep stood there and looked over his whole valley and then, and then expired. But it was a beautiful sight. Beautiful Holy sight. Holy smile. I was a nine year old kid. Yeah, your it was pretty cool. Your dad shooting flying sheep. Yeah, shooting flying sheep. And then, Holy man. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. I've Jeez. often wanted to go back and try to find that spot again because I have the picture to see what it looks like. I've looked on Google Maps to see if I could find it, but because you could hike in there like nothing with a backpack. You could be in there a couple hours. Yeah. Easy, but I'm not sure exactly where it is. You know, it's too young. Yeah, I just know if it was the North Tetsu River, and I'm sure you just follow the river, yeah. you'd find it. But yeah, yeah. We cut across land because the way the river, you follow the river, it's quite a ways in, but we just cut across on a horse trail across it. He knew, he knew all the little nooks and crannies oh, we went course. to. Yeah. He was smart, you know. Hard to get out of bed in the morning, but he was a smart guy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Didn't like getting up? He was a hard time. He, my dad used to get frustrated with him. because he. You guys hung with him a lot? Oh, just my dad went with him twice. Okay. But to give you an idea, those days it was $50 a day. Now. $50 what? a day? $50 a day was, was that outfitter's cost. Oh, the first time he went, it's a, the first time it was $35 a day, and then when I went, it was $50 a day. He upped his prices $15 a day. So that's a long time ago. Things have changed. Man, a stone sheep hunt now costs 50000 Yeah. That's five grand a day. Yeah. <laughs> That's serious inflation. Yeah. 50 serious. Bucks. My dad paid $50 a day, and even then he thought it was an outrageous price because he went up $15 a day, but it gives you an idea how long ago that was. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. What else is up here, Chris? Like, what's a... Uh, Fucking time like, travel. Yeah, which, one of, like, which one of these mounts like, speaks to you? Because how many of these have you shot? Pardon me? How many of these have you shot? You shot that big white tail? Yeah, I shot that at Belmont. Yeah? Yeah. Dude, I love coming Chris. He's like, you're pointing something tells you where you shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I shot that black tail in Bradner. No, yeah. just, just, uh, that same, you know where you shot yours with a bow? Yeah. When we were walking along to that point, yeah. he was on the top there with a the doe. But it was all logged off. That was a bit of a slash then. They logged that piece off. So, 
And I had just, I had seen that deer earlier that day. I was on with my dad. My dad always just sat on a stump because he had a hard time getting around by then. Was, he was getting pretty old. He was in his, well into his 80s, I think, or late 70s, or in his 80s, I think. Yeah. And, I was, and I was walking along, and right then a, a buck and a doe jumped up, and I could see it was a good-sized buck, and I couldn't get a shot because the sound barriers were too high. We shot with uh, uh, shotgun with buckshot. Well, yeah, that's why you're in there with shotguns. That's yeah. Right. And then uh, I went down across, and I knew it was time, I better go see my dad and probably time to go. Check in on him, yeah. Yeah, and I jumped across the creek and I landed on my ankle funny and I twisted my ankle so bad I could barely walk. But I made it to the top of the gully, one of those little gullies yeah. that we go through, and I made it to the top and I could see my dad and I, but this, I had to look over, look at this one more spot. It just drove me nuts. I got to look. So I'm hobbling, like barely can walk over there. And there, the, there was that buck standing over the door and pow, and I got it. So it was pretty cool. Wow. It was pretty cool. That's that's a that's a nice looking buck. It is. It's an old. It's got a lot of character. Deer. The hollow, the horns are hollow. It's old. The horns broken off when you shot it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was yeah. Uh, it was long, long and broken. And it's, you put your finger in the in the horn. It's got a. It's all hollow. It's so old. It's an old buck. He probably was, probably would have been his last year. Oh really? Would have been a big buck if he had all the points. Would have been a nice black tail. That's a nice black tail as it is. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of interesting one. Yeah. I'll have to put a picture up so that everyone can see that because yeah. they're a good looking deer. And there's two beautiful rams. Um, so Sam's pretty new to, pretty new like, yeah. new, pretty new to hunting. Yeah. But he scares the shit out of me, Chris. <laughs> He's just like pissing vinegar on another level. Like I know you always say that I'm pissing vinegar. This guy's getting me scared. Like, <laughs> is that right? He's, he's insane. He's just so keen. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, and then like another guy that we've been hunting with, uh, Eric. These guys are just like. Insane. Insane. I don't know. I thought you were insane. <laughs> no, I know. That's what I mean. That's what scares me. Because like, I thought, you know, like, I took my inspiration from, like, guys like you, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to hike a little bit further. But now these guys are like, oh, I'm just going to hike a little bit further than Chris. So it's like, I'm like scared shitless once we're happening in like two seasons. Yeah. yeah. And Sam's busting past me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just oh, it's exciting. Walk. That's so exciting. Yeah. You guys are young and you got so much to look forward to. I mean, yeah, how are you, Sam? 30? I'll be, no, I'm 28. You're 28? 28. I'm gonna show you a photo of Sam. Off, off, yeah, off, uh, offline, for sure. This kid keeps coming Sam, back. Sam's got a model. Yeah, checkered past. Checkered past and model. And he looks like uh, Jason Momoa and Keanu Reeves had a sex job. <laughs> his long hair down to his nipples. Um, yeah, yeah, how old are you, Chris, now? I'm 30. Are you 30? Yeah. Well, to be two kids. 30. That's enough. I wish I was 30. <laughs> how old are you, Chris? I'll be, oh, I'm not that I'll be 59 in a couple of days. Oh, nice. Nice. birthday. Well, happy birthday. Oh, buddy. thank you very much. Yeah. July 3rd, yeah. Got a couple points? No, me keep her, my brother going up to Sheridan Lake doing some chronomid fishing. Nice. Yeah, look forward to that. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? You put in fairly eggs this year? Yeah, I didn't get nothing. Yeah, me either. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Uh, we already booked my week off to go during the white-tailed doe season. Nice. And so uh, my my daughter and my son-in-law, Alex and Jamie, are coming over, and, and the two grandkids, and we're going to go up there and spend a week and have Thanksgiving up there, put the turkey on the barbecue, and see if we can't get some whitetail. I've been trying to, I've been begging my wife to, um, because Thanksgiving doesn't mean anything to me, like it does to you guys that grow up with Right. It's just like, yeah, yeah. yeah cool, we're having a big meal. Um, obviously, she wants to have Thanksgiving with her family, because that's what she always done, but I'm like, oh, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> I want to, um, I want to do that. I want to go to, like, Bush Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Go, like, go camping. But I don't want to make it a thing, but it's, it's, it's cool. kind of young. It's fun to do that. Yeah. It's so, we did that a few years ago. Um, Amelia, my dog, granddaughter, was old enough that. Did you say they're getting another one? They have another daughter, yeah. They were two. 
They've got two now. Oh, man. They have one in August. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Josie. So, so they, uh, but we had a fantastic time. We didn't get anything. Yeah. Didn't matter. We, you know, like my, Michelle cooked the turkey on the barbecue and, and it was fantastic. We all sat around. We invited uh, a couple of friends up, like of uh, Alex's friends came up and we had a whole bunch of us, my brother, and we all had a great Thanksgiving and did a lot of hunting. We hunted every day, but just couldn't run into them. Wait till dough season. Pardon me? The what? Wait till dough season. Because yeah. that, you know, to me, that's the best meat in the planet. There's yeah. Not, just the best meat in the planet. I could live off that. Oh, I could live off that my whole life. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Really? Oh, there's nothing like it. You told me that one story about that white tail. You were out there hunting and you could smell something and you turned around and saw the biggest white tail of your life. That was two years ago. Biggest bucket. I made that one look like a little one. You said, yeah, big. Really? Yeah. And you said you couldn't shoot it because it smelled so bad. Your eyes were watering. I was like, when I got onions. When I left the trailer, we have a trailer up there and my wife says, don't be shooting any white tails because it was late in the season already. I was sitting in the tree stand uh, looking for immature bull moose. And I, in the tree stand, I could smell this deer. So I climbed down and I walked onto the slack, like Chris said, and there he was, staring at me, big mahogany horns, a monster. And he just stood, I've dreamt all my life to shoot a deer like that. And I put the scope on, put my finger on the trigger, took the safety off, and I didn't shoot. I watched him, and then he disappeared in those Christmas trees and the slash, yeah. you know? And then he came out again and back in. I got to shot him 10 times. So then uh, <laughs> people ask people, then I'll, I go back to the, and my wife said, but did you at least get a picture of it? And I said, no, I couldn't pry my finger off the trigger. <laughs> because I wanted it so bad. And then I'd walked, I had just walked a little ways further and there was a hunter there. I bumped right into him. And he said, yeah, did you see anything? I said, yeah, I just actually tossed up a huge white tail bark. And he couldn't believe it. I can't it. believe it. He couldn't no, believe I guess it. it you know, it, but you know what? It's, we've ate deer all our life. And, uh, you know, we grew up on it. Even Michelle, when I first met her, I brought a blacktail home every year. I brought a blacktail home from behind Bradley. And when it gets into the rut, she just, she just won't eat it no more. So I, why it, should it changes it? that much. I, I had, I had a, black, a, a white tail that I couldn't eat. Really? And so, like, because, like you're probably sitting there, oh, this makes no sense. Like, yeah, so the listeners at home, let's, let's, let's talk about this for somebody who, myself, doesn't really understand it. So once the bucks get older and, and, or start past rut season, it, it's a rut. So it, the, the meat changes, something changes Dramatic. with them. It's a chemical probably Dramatic. with them. Yes, estrogen. Okay. It's testosterone. Testosterone, yeah. It's just a stress change in the body. Yeah, totally. Okay, that makes sense. It breaks down like there's less fat in the meats and it just changes yeah, the dynamic. Just, okay. it just pumps right through the meat, and you can taste it. You can smell it when you're cooking it. Really, okay. literally, literally. But some people, uh, well, my wife's cook. brother, being one of them, and my older brother, one, they wouldn't. They don't want to eat it unless they can taste. That's what they like. Really, they like that gamey, gamey, gamey taste. If you like, uh, I always say, if you like goat cheese, then you will like uh, ruddy buck because uh, okay. it's very yeah. strong. Okay. You know, so it's, very strong. It's, it can be pretty nasty. It can be nasty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just well, I had to give away a white tail buck. Really. Yeah. Couldn't eat it. Yeah. Huh. Couldn't and then it. people will say, just put it in the sausage and it's fine. No, now you got a ruddy sausage, in my opinion. Yeah. You can even sense. taste it in the sausage. So. But uh, everybody's taste level is different. Yeah. Everybody, you know, some people don't mind it. But I can tell you the majority of people that have come in and I talk to them about it, majority of people don't like it too much. But that's by far the easiest time to get them. So that's why most of them come in during the rut because right. it's the easiest time to, I mean, get them in bow season, that's tough. It's hard, yeah, hard. That's when they taste. Not when we hunted then. Yeah, that's when they taste the best. You, you guys know? don't eat bear meat. I know you do. No, we we uh, I've shot a couple of bears to, because I was going to eat it, and then we uh, we didn't. My wife couldn't bring herself mentally. Yeah, see, I find that like 
so I shot that bear that's in the, on the floor there. Um, and that bear is unbelievable. Like, I'm going to bring you some of the meat. It is unbelievable. Uh, Cass told me to go out and get another one. She goes, go back to that same place, shoot another bear. I like, I like what they're eating. I like the bears that come out of there. So really? We didn't get one. But um, I've had shitty bear. I've had shitty bear. Yeah. Well, I think it goes with any wild meat. You can get good and bad for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's a mental thing for sure because Jamie, my daughter, and my son, they, they love it. They love yeah. bear meat. And mm-hmm. then a, fellow, a friend of mine up at uh, Hunter Mall, he, uh, he gave me some... I forget what they call it. The butcher made uh, like it's like a pharma sausage in a pepperoni stick, kind of. There's oh. a name for it. He made. It, I didn't know what it was. I was eating it. And I said, "Oh man, that's the greatest greatest meat I've ever eaten." And I said, "Could I have a couple?" He gave me a couple more, and he told me it was a bear. And I says, "And I didn't bother me a bit." I said, "Well, yeah. give me some more." Yeah, I can't. Okay. See, it doesn't bother me. It bothers Michelle. So she's she says no more bears. So we don't. And I oh video. Oh, did you see that video? The one I video. Like it was a hunting season. Nice big yes. bear. I could have. Throwing a rock after that. Yeah, I was mad you again then. It was a beautiful. Oh, yeah, then I, then I could have shot one out of a tree stand, another big one. Yeah. He was eating all my apples. <laughs> like you can't bait bear, but you can deer. Right? Yeah. So I had apples out there from my apple tree to, to see if I can get a deer. And I walk out to check my uh, card and my camera. I got halfway over there. I didn't bring my bow or nothing. Like halfway over there and just about got there and this big bear stood up and looking at me. He was right there. But I had just been there. I'm sure he wasn't far away. But he just looked at me, chewing on the apples, and then I just kind of backed out of there. And then went back later on the next day, all the apples were gone. He Jeez. sat there and ate them all. He must have had a heck of a belly ache. That's what I do. If you watch yeah. them, like if you watch them in like early fall when there's berries and stuff around, or even summer scouting, yeah, they do. They just eat, eat, pass eat, out. eat, and then pass out next to what they're eating, and then just ugh, back up and walk. Yeah, he. he they're sure what really. to I, eat, I actually love watching bears. Oh, I do too. Oh, we Michelle and I both do. We just yeah. love watching. Fantastic, great animals to watch. There's yeah, so, so much character. Too. Some people don't like hunting. Yeah, yeah. There's a stigma. There's like a you know characteristics of them. You know the the whole Berenstein Bears, Teddy Bears, and anything Walt Disney. You know Pooh Bear. Yeah, it's it's you know. Your wife didn't mind you going out and trying to kill one. No, not at all. My son, my youngest son, Leo. He he's obsessed. He. He wants to come down every morning. He wants to go into my office, and he wants me to take the buck off the wall. And he can hold it, walk around with it, and we, yeah, anything to do with that. And we, you know, I was talking to him a bit about where Daddy was going for hunting and stuff, and they were just asking so many questions. And yeah, they, they, they're they're all into it, man. Good, that's fantastic. It's great to get the kids into it. I know I was glad I got my daughter too. I just texted her. To, tonight or this afternoon yeah. before you guys came that we're planning that are you guys good yeah. for going over for Thanksgiving she can't wait oh, she's just really? pumped that's awesome she's just pumped because she loves to hunt yeah she loves it and she Alex loves likes hunting too right Alex loves hunting yeah. too but he doesn't have anybody um, close to him that hunts so it's it's just me so yeah. they're over there so they're kind of I would take him all the time when he was here. He loves duck hunting. That's the best he just can't get enough of duck, duck hunting yeah. and, uh, but he likes all hunting so he just needs a get out more it's a little tr- trickier when they're on Vancouver Island to make it Absolutely. work right but surely both seasons are bare that he can do some hunting with. oh yeah uh, pardon me he's got to find some people out there oh that's right and he has apparently met a couple guys at work that are that are hunters so I think over time and he, he'll probably is um, he into bow at all yeah I gave him a bow well I, I get it was the same bow that you were going to try he didn't he couldn't he uh, that was a tough bow man yeah it was a hard one to that was a really to. hard bow my first bow Chris gave me an to try out and oh man 
Really tough bow. Yeah. Tough bow to shoot. And yeah. that also, I think it was like my size as well. So yeah, you didn't get fitted for it or nothing. Yeah. It, it, it was just a bow. It's a bow. Here's a bow. Yeah. And once you go down that rabbit hole, you realize that there's. It doesn't <laughs> That's one thing my wife did say to me. It was the only negative, not negative, kind of negative thing towards hunting. She were lying in bed, and I'm on Google Maps. I'm checking out this area. Doesn't matter where. Pipe it. Um, and she looks at me, and it was one of those looks. It was one of those looks of either like I'm either gonna get yelled at, or no, we're gonna get lucky here. <laughs> and I didn't know where it was gonna go. And she looked at me and she says, "Promise me one thing." And I'm like, "Well, okay, this still could go one of two ways." And she says, "Don't ever get into bow hunting." I'm like, why? And she's like, just don't get into another thing. She's like, I like you hunting. I like this stuff. But she's like, if you go down the rabbit hole, there's no stopping you. Yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. get a boat. And then you're <laughs> you going to get this. And then you're going to do that. And you're going to do that. Yeah. And no, I, uh, I use you my words wisely. Yeah, you can't promise that. No, I use my words wisely. I said, I said, I said, Tony, that's silly. I said, right now I'm focusing on, on, on sheep and I'm focusing on getting to be a better marksman. She's like, but you didn't say you weren't going to get a bow. And I said, I said, this is, I said, this, this is silly. I said, you're tired. You're not thinking straight. I said, for sure. I'm not going to get a bow. And I rolled over and said this year. And (laughs) so your toes crossed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can't avoid it. No. No. Well, because like what gets me fired up and and like you said, like I've been, I watched, uh, Oh, what's this? Stealthy Hunter and Gritty or something like that on YouTube. And they were, or no, who? Oh, sorry. No, going forward, uh, Donnie Vincent and the the bow on when on Vancouver yeah. Island, and he gets me fired up, man, to get that close and to to sneak up and and to just get into an awesome position of of bow. Like it's just, or even how it would feel talking to a couple lads about yeah, getting in good location and good position for taking down a buck. Like oh, for sure. That's a new element. Yeah, yeah, it's a totally different yeah. ball game. Well, my wife wouldn't, she wasn't gonna let me get a bow. No way, no, same thing. No, yeah. you're not bow hunting. Because she didn't like the idea that how, and it, it's no different than rifle. You can shoot a deer with a rifle and it could go for miles. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she didn't like the idea of shooting with a bow and then not being accurate enough to dispatch the animal quick. Right. And so she didn't like that at all. And then after a while, um, she came to terms with real, and realized that. You could shoot a deer and, and just as hey, you just could just throw down or you go yeah, yeah. and I showed her videos where guys shoot them with a bow and they just drop. Mm-hmm. They literally don't go anywhere or mm-hmm. they go a very short distance. So, and then but on top of that, we we'd go back up to our place in September first and there'd be all these bucks running around and it was bow season. And then she goes, you know what? We're getting a bow. <laughs> so, because uh, that's the best time to eat them, right? Yeah. So yeah. she said, if we're gonna hunt and we're gonna get uh, harvest a deer. Let's do it in the best time. Let's do it in bow season, but we haven't got one yet either. <laughs> so well, it, that could uh, be a we're good trying. We missed a, a couple, but you know. that could be a good tactic because Rachel does like the meat, and if I tell her that, it'll even be better earlier. Well, that's and it's a good angle, yeah. and it's a true, it's a real angle. And she'll be like, she'll be like, we'll go get one. And I'm like, well, honey, I can't because it's bow season. It's bow season. season. So yeah. get a bow. If it's a real problem, put it in my place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then well, we end up getting a, a crossbow. Yeah. So now then Michelle can shoot it too. Yeah. So, and she did. She shot she had a chance at a deer and she missed it. So she was pumped. She was just pumped. She was just shaking. Probably why she missed it. Because yeah. she was excited and you gotta be so careful. And uh but she was uh she was excited about it. So 
if they get excited about it, and, and that's it, what it, it has to be their idea. It, yes, and, yeah. and 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 that's good, and it's a positive thing, one hundred percent positive thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they're involved with it that way. You know, yeah. involved with the decision making, and it is, as they should be, because it's all good. I sort of stopped consulting Cass on things. She's just amazed <laughs> that I still spend money. She's like, "How are you? What could you possibly have to buy?" Like I was on the credit card today, giving that a bit of a work over. And she's like, "What are you? Po- like you have." Everything adds some. What could you possibly buy? I'm like, yeah, this is different. This is something else. I do. I do have one question for you, uh, Chris. What when it comes to a trade like like this, being a taxidermist, um, and a two parter, I guess. Going back to when you were doing it, you're saying your your dad did it. Back then to now, like, what are the numbers looking like? Do you do you, do you are you scared that this is something that may be a lost trade one day? Do you see it? Generationally, like, do you, what are the numbers looking like to you? Like, when your dad accident, accident. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, funny you say that. I was thinking about it today and uh, about how there's not that many people doing it anymore. And then I think, was there that many before? And I know when my dad was doing it, there, there wasn't a ton doing it. It's one of those, I think, it's one of those things that's a little bit difficult to get into because what are you going to practice on? Well, how are you going to, what are you going to do? You, you get, you, you shoot a deer, it doesn't have to be a deer, but you shoot a deer. And that's what you want. Your first deer you're going to mount, either you go through YouTube or if you're lucky enough to have someone uh, show you, you skip a whole bunch of, you know, like anything, you know, uh, experience is worth everything. And then, uh, what if you don't get another deer for five years? Like, when are you going to get another one to work on? And, or do you have to wait for your buddies? Or, or it's one thing to go, you can go shoot a grouse and mount a grouse, but it's difficult to find things just to work on. So I think it's one of those trades that are a little bit more difficult maybe to get into than some, I'm guessing. Because I, it's funny we, about the numbers. I really don't know how to answer that because there isn't a ton of tax members. Mm-hmm. There is overall, but like locally around here, there's a few, you know. That and but I used to know some of them, but they're gone. Like Furs and Feathers is gone, I believe, and mm-hmm. we used to know Frankie real well, and and Kulash is still there, but we used to know Steve Kulash real well. He started it was originally uh, Kulash mm-hmm. Tax, and I mean he's gone too now. So a lot of them are, are have disappeared. The ones mm-hmm. that we knew from back then. And people are surprised when I tell them that. My taxidermist is in Chilliwack. Like, there's a taxidermist in Chilliwack? I get that all the time. I get that all the time. Like, through taxidermy, I became a pretty good friend with uh, um, Fred Wardroper. He used to own Chilliwack Dark and Tackle. And uh, so I get a lot of people come up to me because he, because of the sports shop. He still goes in there and he still hangs around there a lot and knows uh, a lot of people there. And, and they, they're the exact same word, the thing you just said is that they're surprised. So they don't realize there's somebody here. I just, just on that job, I'm working on Prometer, I got three or four uh, mounts to do, one bear skull and some deer horns, just because they didn't know that there was one around. Yeah. So they had in the freezer. Yeah, yeah, somebody, um, the Uli, the butcher, said, so my mate T recommended you to me. And I, I went, he gave me a stack of your cards. I was like, yeah, like, people need to know the tax service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam works up here all the time, I had no idea. Like we're going up, um, we're up, we're going up where we are, and yeah, yeah Sam's like uh, that spot, hey, that spot. No, I, was, I didn't want to say where you live, but I guess you're probably advertising as a tax. Oh owner. yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. we're going, up, we're going up the lake, the lake, and yeah. And he's like, I didn't know those tax owners something, but yeah, oh, yeah, I know, yeah. Well, my grandparents and my wife's family lived in Columbia Valley, grew up here. Well, they did across the across the across the canyon. Oh really? Um, Vic Jansen. Henry Jansen was his father. He owned uh, up against the mountain. Yeah, two hundred acres. Now Paul Huskin. Yeah, what is my, my daughter's teacher? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So owns that. So that's that's uh, would be my wife's uncle. Um, still live oh, up yeah. there. Dave and Patty Huskin live up there, and Chris right. Huskin live up there now still. But uh, yeah, we have some some place down in Lindell Beach. Oh yeah. Area, so. Oh right on. Um, yeah. yeah I, 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 I that, go for it. For for, for uh, Houston. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, when, when, but when Chris said that, I was yeah flabbergasted, and it's sad because all I hear is you know when you're explaining your answer about that, and and all all I hear is these 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 you know taxidermists who are passing on, and, and but you know not passing on their trade, and how many stories and how many legends and how many things that they just knowledgeable people oh, without a doubt right, yeah. and it's like a blacksmith right, you, you you know you lose the quality and the craft. Yeah, of, absolutely. Of this, and especially sure. when it comes to this, this is a living, used to be a living thing. It's not like, you know, making horseshoes. It's something bigger than that. And it's, uh, yeah, it makes me sad, sad to think about that one day, could this be not a thing anymore? Yeah, exactly. And because I don't have any boys, or, or did my daughter thought about doing it for a little while, but, and she decided to be a tattoo artist instead, which is fine. She's still an artist, and yeah. so that's what she chose to do. Um, but I don't have anybody else to pass it on to. And I mean, uh, I've always told anybody, I've told young fellows that have come up that are interested, I, I find something I'll show you. I've always been willing to, I should, that's why I met Fred Wardroper from Joy. He, he, uh, I happened to mention it to him when I was in there, um, buying some steelhead equipment that a guy, I just happened to say, yeah, a guy doing some taxidermy work, uh, told me about the steelhead beads and he goes, Oh, forget about steelhead beads. You do taxidermy? <laughs> so that's how that started. So I got to know him. Well, he wanted to learn. He wanted to do some, he wanted to mount a couple ducks. And I said, well, come on. So he came up and we sat here in the middle of the shop and we mounted a couple ducks. And he was, we did several things. Uh, some some partridges, he was, you know, some uh, yeah. chucker partridges we did and things like that. And then, uh, so we did it for a while and, and then it was great. So now he, was, now he can go do it on his own. So he has been. You know, that's awesome. Puttering on his own. Yeah, you totally. Know, this is his own thing. Yeah. So he's excited about it. Have you ever thought about doing this full time? Not like not having your regular job, like just straight taxidermy. I, I'm just you know to be perfectly honest, Chris, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not. You got there's that extra level, right? Yeah, I, and I, if I started when I was younger, and I learned all this, learned to do it full time, and learned how to make. See, the big part of taxidermy is fantastic displays. Uh, Dioramas, whatever you want to call like them, the habitat, and habitat, the, 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 the mountains of the rocks, yeah, the cliffs that, and stuff yeah. like that. That is that's a huge part of taxidermy that I've never done. I've never mm -hmm. gone in. I just didn't have the time and the resources and whatever to, to do it. And I just never learned that part. And I keep threatening to yet, but <laughs> I mean, I've only got so many years to do it now. So I, I full time no. Um, we would hope when we move to get a better shop, like a, 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 a part of the. Part of what we're looking for to buy is a, 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 a proper taxidermy shop, right. and then I will do it um, more. I would like to do it more. Mm -hmm. um, the taxidermist in Hundred Mile, I think I heard that he's just about quit doing it. Um, uh, Chikutin taxidermy, I think he's called just before Hundred Mile. I heard through the grapevine up there that he's done or, or maybe Slowly, done. Yeah. So, so there's yeah. nobody in that area that does taxidermy anymore. So, so we got to go all the way up to Hundred Mile. No, Chris, he, he delivers oaks to people at the church, so he's going to come. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yelled him a little bit. Yeah, yelled at him. That's, 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 that's not how I wanted a bugle. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's so, not how I want. Take it back. Back to Hunter Mile. Fix it up. Well, it's funny you say that because, oh, you know, you meet some of the same people over and over and over that have brought stuff. And it's, what are we going to do now? And I said, don't worry, because i got to go to the tannery anyway. So I... 
I go to the tent, I pick it up, and then I go back to Tanner, and I just bring it with me down the next time, or I'll go to the yeah. island. There's always, come, uh-huh. come, come, and I'm going, I will be all the time. Always figure something out. If you, if you still want me to do it, I say. If you still want me to do it, uh, then... I think then, uh, more than good enough. I then think you're yeah. doing a disservice by saying you're not good enough. I think it's like any artist that never... Happy with their own work, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's true. I'll yeah. chalk it up as that because, like, there's nothing wrong with any of this stuff. I'm no, what I'm looking at here is any of the mounts that I've shown people, unless it was something silly that I've done and cut something in the wrong spot, I've not been able to fault the work. So, no, it's been a, it's been a, a lot of fun over the years, and I hope it, and it will, as far as I'm concerned, continue for as long as I can, and I'll be get another. Is it hard year, work? What's the hardest bit? Flashing? Yeah, flashing. And then that's the other thing. That's the other thing about taxing is cost. See, I try to do it cheap as I possibly can, and uh, but people don't realize how much how much really work there is. I mean, there is a lot of work. The flushing part is, yeah. is and uh, and the caping and, and one thing or another is tedious work and is and that's tough tough work. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to like I won't never I can never justify that by the cost because nobody would bring anything. I don't think I prefer. Again, that goes back to the stories. I'd rather make a, just a, a little bit of money just to make it worth my while a little bit and, and hear the stories than charge all kinds of money and, uh, and maybe not see nearly as many people or I just don't feel like, I don't feel right about it. I'd like to be able to do it for people who can still afford to get it done. Mm-hmm. That means way more to me, way more to me. And I have a hard time even charging sometimes. Like I just... I do. I you do. I've been in, actually. I haven't paid you for like the last three things. I'm, I'm not that <laughs> I'm no, no, no. Yeah. But I, I, I just because I just like doing it for people, right? I just I get a joy out of it, and I've I've had stuff literally like, and I just I'll just take it, just take it. you know because, because I, you're setting up this bad advertising. It's bad. It's bad for business. Hey, after after this podcast, his prices are going up. So yeah, they're going to come up and be like, Chris, I got a really good. They'll be lying down. Now these four bucks for. I'm going to do a lot of business next year now. It's going to be free. a surcharge. Yeah. But no, it, 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 you know, like little things, you know, like if someone brings a bear and then they, and they want the skull bleached quite often, they'll just say, I'll just take the skull. I mean, if it is a lot of work to bleach oh, the skull. I'll never, I'll never clean another skull. It's, oh, so much work. And like, I'm not sure if you want to talk about prices or not. Um, you don't have to. But whatever you charge me for a skull, I don't even know what it is. I'd, I'd triple it. I would pay so much to not have to clean a skull. Oh, it's, just, it's so much like fun. that. Yeah, to do like to yeah to clean those two bear skulls off there. That's you boil, 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 then pressure wash, then clean, and then, then do it a couple more times, yeah. and then peroxide, and peroxide, and clean peroxide, and then then, go, then try to get all the little pores out of there. It's it's so much work. It's filthy work. It's hard work. And then if you get a like a moose, oh, a moose. Is, like I charge three hundred dollars for a bleach moose. It's twice as hard, more than twice as hard than a full mount moose to actually mount the full moose. I waste sooner mount a full moose than oh, bleach, really? than bleach the skull. The bleach the skull. It's just so much work. I'll get all that meat off. If, even with I got a big pot to boil it in, but it's getting all that meat off, pressure washing, and then if you had a like people that use bugs like beetles, either, that's uh, yeah. I don't really know all the process, and it would be unfair of me to say that's easy. But I envision it a lot easier because they do all the work and they just put, you know, you, but you need literally thousands. Well, that's, yeah, like keeping those bug farms, I don't think that's no easy task. But you need well, thousands. It's, thousands. It's, it's funny you mention that because my first buck from last year, uh, I uh, I did it old school. So then I went in my backyard and I dug. Buried old, it? Buried yeah. it. 
So then I go back and check on it in the spring and it's gone. And <laughs> I am so, so pissed off and mad. It was because I figured somebody or something took it. So now I back onto a creek. So I got my waders on. I'm going to the creek and I'm looking around, I'm looking around, and then I see it. Like an hour later, I see it in, in, like, in these brambles. And I, I pull up to it and I figured it must have been raccoons. So they, they broke the end of the nose off, which I was mad about, but they got every little piece of meat in little, every little nook and cranny that I couldn't get. Yeah. The raccoons did it. Oh, but then, so then I, I, I boiled it a couple more times and pressure washed it and it turned out really good. But yeah. I was, uh, yeah, you, know, you let the, you let the raccoons do it. Yeah. Well, and train them. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, I, uh, I tell everybody like, um, you could like do it, do it yourself. You know, it's not, you can do it. It's a lot of work, but just do it yourself. Yeah. Like you can boil it and anybody yeah. can boil it. And then, uh, then you can pressure wash it and anybody can pressure wash it. So that part's not, again, you know, we're getting the brains out is tough. Because unless you cut it, which I don't, yeah, the bag is get out the little hole. They got a special tool to clean it all out, and then try to get all that matter out of there. It's difficult, but once you get yeah, some of it, it's, it's, it's nasty. And then, but 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 then and then you just can go get some peroxide from the hairdresser, yeah, and put that on there if you want. And then uh, so you can do it yourself, but typically I get the same response. Uh, I'm not no. doing it no more. Just but I've, had, I've seen some beautiful bleached skulls. One guy had a white tail. Oh, it was just as white as beautiful. I said, wow, you did a beautiful job with that. He wanted me to cut the horns off and put on a new cape. He shot a bigger buck. Oh. Or not, he shot a, a, a smaller buck, but a uh, beautiful cape. Yeah. So he put these bigger horns on this smaller cape. So it was perfect for him. Yeah. worked out real good. Huh. How often does that happen that people come and swap capes? I know I, I, uh, that big stinky white tail I had to give away. I had a donated cape. But yeah. how often does that happen? Uh, a few times. I did a blacktail for a guy, huge black. I got a picture of him in the album. I'll show you later. But uh, a monster blacktail, monster, and uh, the dog chewed his cape up. So he, the next year, his daughter shot a two point. Got the dog mounted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dog was next. Yeah. So Holy the smokes. next year, he he uh, he uh, his daughter got a two point buck. Well, then that's difficult when it's such a small one oh, to try man. to make you know because. To try to get the skin around because you have to use the proper form. You can't use too narrow of a form because the skull plate's too wide. Right. And it just would never work. So you need a form that's wide enough to match the skull plate of the of the antlers. And but if you do that, then the neck is quite wide. But to try to get that skin around from the two point, it was difficult. And there was a line because I'm pulling it up. It's hard to explain, but wrapping around it, it made a line in the hair under here, and you, I couldn't get that out. Every time I pulled down, it, when you pull down, it pulled away, and I couldn't sew it up on the back. And when I pulled down on the skin, it opens up on the back. And I pull and I tighten up the back, it pulled up the skin under the chin. So I had a crease there and I, I said, showed him there's nothing I can do about it. But he was happy. He was happy. He he, he was very happy. He said, No, that's that was good. He was happy to have him on it. So Yeah. Yeah. But so uh, but it does happen a few times. I had a another time I kept a cape off a white tail I did, a really nice cape, and a fella, his daughter shot a white tail and they cut it off right behind the ears. And he said, boy, I wish we could have got a shoulder mount done. I said, well, I got a cape if you want it. I can tell it to you for exactly what the, char the tanner charged me. And you can have my cape. You're a nice guy, so I don't care. I don't want no more for it. Just the yeah. tanning car. So he did it. He said, yeah. So I mounted his daughter. She was ecstatic. Even though it wasn't her deer cape. But right. She got the shoulder mount, at least, with the horns. Mm -hmm. So um, she was ecstatic over it. What's the, what's the, law, what's the rule there on Selling a cape. Like to, if you want to yeah. sell me a cape, well, yeah. you can you can sell me a cape. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Just as long as I got your tag number, your wallet number, and everything else. Right. Yeah. Because mm. I always wondered that, I'm like, you know, because no market value for wildlife. So, like, at what point does a cape cross that line, if it crosses that line? Or is it because is it, is it now considered taxidermy? I guess because you, you would be selling a green cape. But even at that point, could you sell a green cape? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't know all the details on that because I know I went through this not too long ago because of uh, African animals that I had a whole bunch of them right that I sold and I could sell those without any permits or anything because they weren't uh, from BC and I went through uh, Jack Evans uh, at the wildlife department and he and he gave me all the paperwork Uh, but uh, and then as far as selling like I sold uh, no I I was going to try and I was trying to sell the sheep. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to get rid of those. So sheep. I had to get paperwork yeah. for the sheep to sell them. And I got the paperwork to make it legal to sell them. So I, I've got the paperwork. Anyone want to buy them, I can give them the paperwork for them. So, but. And that's one of those things the paperwork stays with the sheep, not with the person. That's right. It yeah. stays with the sheep. So it's not like a transfer thing. That's right. So I uh, I can sell the sheep, but you just have to get the paperwork and, it's, and you can sell it. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. an issue. But anything that native to BC, you yeah. have to have paperwork for it. But it's not native to BC. And the funny thing is, antelope, they consider native to BC, even though we don't have any. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Native From, to BC, or is it native to Canada? Or like- native to BC. Really? And then, um, so, uh, antelope, and that's one of the things Jack Hannon says, one of the weirdest things about this, he said, is uh, pronghorn antelope are considered native to BC. So, um, you have to, you know, if you have one, you have to get the paperwork for that, too. So... It uh, it's one of the weird things, but yeah. nonetheless, but otherwise it's not hard to not hard to do. It's not it's not like a whole bunch of hoops to jump through. It's easy. Hmm. There's certain animals that's tough, of course, like yeah. you know, cats or like uh, tigers. Yeah, what about like a cat in here? Did that guy buy that cat off you? Yeah, I had the paperwork, and then he uh, he he sold it. I bought. I took he took all the African stuff, and he took the cat. I had a skunk. I had a whole bunch of stuff. Where did all that stuff end up? Where did it go? He took it to the auction. No way. Yeah, he took it to Able Auction. Yeah, just and then he, he didn't make any, he made nothing off it. He told you he made nothing? He made nothing. I saw the cat in the auction. My wife looked it up. <laughs> he, he, I think he lost money on the cat. Oh, really? It was old. and well, People know, taxidermy is hard to sell. Very difficult to sell. You I had, see it everywhere. People have got it. And it's almost like if it's shit, people want it more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know what you mean. Yeah. That's what I see. Those old, like what I mentioned, these old heads that are mounted above a bar and a big old, you know, just gnarly mule deer that the lips are all twisted yeah. and the ears are curled and the eyes are buggy that's people think that's cool and in, in a way it is in a way it is if you have a, a man cave down below and you have that cool old mount above the above your bar and your in your man cave then that's kind of cool if yeah. it's mounted perfect well yeah it's a nice looking deer but if it's all kind of raunchy looking yeah, that's kind of neat. Story. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. just more of a. I wouldn't want to be my story. I'd be okay with it. it. Was like, yeah, I picked that up in the garage sale. It's kind of fucked up, but it looks fun. Yeah, yeah that'd be okay. But yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be like. Yeah, yeah, I paid money for that. I wouldn't want to be like, yes, Chris mounted that for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 that's the bike I shot last year. Yeah. Yeah. I see that stack of cards. That's the, they're still there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So it is funny that way, but yeah, you have to, and then the rules. That's something that I don't feel, I wouldn't feel comfortable stating what the rules are because yeah. uh, I forget yeah. how they all go. Yeah. So you know, happens all the time. Yeah, and you gotta, and, they, and the rules change too, you know, you, yeah. and I don't know how, how often they change. I don't come across No, well, I, know, but I know it's legal to sell taxidermy. I know it's, it's legal to sell taxidermy. I don't want to like saying that it gets anybody in trouble, but yeah, you could sell that taxidermy like you just did. Yeah. 
but I couldn't sell you a deer steak. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So at what point does it stop? Being, I see what you mean. At what point are you no longer selling wildlife and now you're selling taxidermy? Would that happen at the, when, as soon as it's tanned? Yeah, I don't know how that is. It's a very good question. It'd be really interesting to talk to. Uh, I, I think you're right. Like just on paper, like what makes sense is that as soon as it leaves the tannery, it's done, and now it's taxidermy. Because I mean, at some point, I could go out and like wall up a bunch of bears, well, within the season, and sell the hides, mm-hmm. and that would be against the North American uh, model for wildlife. Well, you know, we can get a permit to do it though. Yeah, no, but that just kind of makes you like you know. Because you look up almost any, you can look in the hunt regulations. I think it might be in the hunt regulations. There's a tax service in, Col- in uh, Vernon that advertises we buy and sell capes. No, I know it's I know it's done. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not done. Oh. Yeah, like I bought I bought a cape. Oh yeah, that's right. You did yeah. yeah like I'm totally so did you, did you have to get any permit to buy it? Or you just walk up and buy it? No, I didn't really buy it. He gave it to me. Yeah. 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 Um, so I was prepared to. Uh, I don't know. That's a weird one. It is a it is a weird one. There's money you would you know definitely would make. Yeah, I mean, like I wouldn't sell you a steak. Every right. years, but you know, if you wanted that, you want to buy that bear hide. Yeah, sure, have it. Yeah, it's yeah. funny how that is. Hey, you know, it's certainly worth making a phone call before a person did it. Cause, yeah, especially if you didn't know the person. Yeah, we're all getting <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoop whoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's too good. And it, and then that's and along with that is keeping records. Like I make sure I don't yeah. take anything without a tag number. All my in case anybody's listening to this, I, I keep all my records. I have to take, I won't let anything come in. And no. I've had people, and I've had people phone me and I get suspicious. Like I'll have people say, I, I found a bald-headed eagle. Would no, you, I, would you mount it for me? And I said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and then they, they say, well, why not? You know, and they give me the gears over it. I've had people phone for various reasons. Or I found a woodpecker hit my window, which is, you know, common, whatever. And, and, I was, and I said, I can't do it. What do you mean you can't do it? No, no it's, you, you can't even get a permit for it. You can't get a permit. Right. You just, they won't give you a permit for no, sexist yeah, birds. No, no, no. So, uh, so I, I won't do it. So Could it's very it? important. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing you've done? Have you done, this, have you done any domestic animals? Uh, trying to think now. Well, I did uh, somebody's lizard. Uh, Roger Dorn and I used to own uh, Hub Sports in Alice oh, yeah. I got a picture in old mother book. Yeah, I uh, did a, his pet lizard died. I did his pet Sorry, lizard. that's that's me. Should, <laughs> should not, should yeah. not. And so, Rest in peace. I guess that maybe it's the only pet I've ever done, I think. What would you do? Somebody rolls in. Here's my uh, cocker spaniel. Well, you'd have to get a form to match it. I guess it'd probably fit a coyote form, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I would. I wouldn't. Wouldn't bother me. Yeah, you know, I would. I've done domestic cows, hides, and stuff like that. Oh yeah, just no. tan them up. Tan them, but that I won't do that no more. It's no. too too difficult. Too difficult. No, it's difficult for the. For it's, it's the price is high, and they and I just got one. Speaking of the of the tanner, I'm just promoting them, and and I will always. But I've got a cow hide in there that's been in there for about ten months. Um, so it's just just uh, because they want leather made out of it, and it's a long, it's a way different process, and, they, and the guy that. I, that I'm doing it for us. See, there's another issue. He uh, now he doesn't want to pay for it. Like once I work out the cost, it took took too long. He says this is taking way too long. I don't want it anymore. Well, well you're gonna get it. I said yeah, you're, you're getting, getting it. it. You're getting it. You know, I didn't take much of a deposit. That's the problem. That's the other thing. With I don't take much of a deposit. If I, 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 mean, I take what your awesome. I take what the tanner needs. Right. And you need to um, you need to have to avoid that elk turn thing. You need to have written record of what the customer wants. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the email. Well, 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 and you bought it, you said it was going to turn left, and here it is. That's yeah. right. Exactly. 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 And it's true. I just always trust people. Uh-huh. I know. I do too. That's. Yeah. I grew up in a small town. We sit, kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah, handshake. How you exactly. Good old boys club. You know, we, did, yeah. we talk about the story, and he was great when he brought it. I didn't think nothing of it. It was fantastic. Oh, whatever you think works, he says. Whatever works. Well, that's what I did. What made it work so the horns wouldn't hit the wall. So, I mean, this is a, just a small example, but I've had that uh, not too much over the years. I've had a couple stuff that was never picked up. I've had... I had uh, a couple of wolves by a trapper yeah. and three otters, wolf, three otters. Oh, there you go. Trappers. Yeah. That's a perfect way of going, sorry, jumping back. Yes. Yeah. That's selling for them. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But they're, they're licensed to do it, right? Yeah. Part of your trapper's license. So I, that's why I keep my trapper's license. Mm-hmm. So I can take forever and animals. You know, if I find one on the highway, I can put on my trapper's license. Mm. And, uh, so I just, I can't. had a bunch of wolves and didn't come get them? Yes. They were trapped up at uh, Chetland area, and uh, he, I had there was, he dropped up a bunch of stuff: uh, three wolves, a wolverine, a fisher, and three otters. And uh, the, I had the three otters here that went to the auction too. Three otters and uh, the two wolves. I gave the two wolves to two of the wolves. I gave to um, the native band from Kilgrim for their for their native demonstrations and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was really good. They were really super excited. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Dalton Silver, the chief, and was really happy. And uh, so that worked out really good. They went to good use um, because they use them in their dances and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then another one, I gave, the third one I gave to the Rigidale Run Gun Club just for, for yeah, educational purposes. Yeah, nice. And uh, so, yeah, they, uh, they went to good use. And then the, the otters, but then he picked up the Fisher and the Wolverine, but that's it. He never paid for me. I, I lost a lot on that one. <laughs> but there's another little funny story. I used to do the demonstrations at the Trade Center. Taxidermy demonstrations. Yeah, yeah. And that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. You know, all these people, they thought it was really interesting. And one of the things I did one time was a seagull. And uh, I came from what a guy... What did you do to the seagull? For me? What were you doing? Like you, you had a dead seagull and you... Yeah, and I was going to mount it. I was going to mount this seagull. And... Uh, Getting um, get the McDonald's fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been perfect. I would have all kinds of material right yeah. outside uh, <laughs> to watch. And um, but the one of the seals was there, and he came by. And he says, "What are you doing? You, you're uh, so you you can't get a permit for you can't. Oh, where's your permit? Because I know you don't got one. Because you can't get a permit for a seagull." I said, oh, "I got one. No, you don't." He says, "You do not." No, there's a crowd around us, and I said, "But I do have a permit." He goes, "I can tell you," and he's, "I can tell you right now, you do not have a permit because we do not issue permits for seagulls." So. I had a tackle box that had all my stuff and opened it up and pulled the permit half to him. The gun the Bridgedale Gun Club got a permit for educational purposes. So I got the permit and he just handed me the permit back and just left. <laughs> I always find his legs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. He didn't uh, and it, and I felt bad, you know, because he he, he thought he was right and and, uh, he, and that's fine. He really thought he was right. And he typically would be right. Typically. For sure. Uh, but in this case, he wasn't. But uh, he was pretty adamant for a little while there. I was starting to sweat it out a little bit. But maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here. But I wasn't. It was all good. But that was fun doing the actually demonstration. I worked right beside a guy that worked for Hub Sports. Uh, he was doing a demonstration tying flies. Every so often, he would pull a feather out of the bird I was doing it. <laughs> tie his fly with it, just joking around. But it was fun. It was it was a good time back then. What happened? That why'd you stop doing that? Uh, I just I just fell out of uh, the. 
think the gun club did wasn't there. I, I got invited to do it. And so they just went different directions or whatever. I think the Toyota Trade X got real big after a while. It's a huge mm -hmm. commercial almost, you know, just like down there, shoulder to shoulder. And it's, uh, when I was there, it was way low, way much low key. And when it first started, they yeah. first started doing the hunting things there. Yeah. I mean, Jim Shockey had his little booth there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah, he had a very small booth. And so that's paying some good money to show up there now. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And then that, yeah, my mom and dad met him. It was really neat. And that's yeah. how... How quaint it was in a way back then. My my dad cornered Jim Shockey, and and uh, and I have a lot of respect for him because he went to went to my my mom had shot a a fifty two a sixty two inch sixty two and a half inch Greater Kudu. Oh wow! I still got the horns, and uh, so he went to Jim and says, "Look, my wife told told him about my mom shooting the thing, so he took his hat off and he bowed to my wife, and, and that that was pretty special. I I wished I could have had a picture. That was, to me, that was special. And like yeah. to hunters, to me, Jim Shoggy's like the great. I tell people that don't know anything about hunting, I say, well, he's the Gretzky of, of hunting. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. if you like hockey, you know Gretzky. Well, that's Jim Shockey is to yeah. hunting. Uh, it's just a, kind of an analogy. That's cool. But, but yeah, it was cool that he took his hat off and bowed to Myrtle Axton, you know? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it was pretty neat. Pretty neat. I did one year, not too many years ago, well, a little while ago now, six or seven years ago, I sent him an email just to say thank you for doing it back then, but I never got a response, but whatever. I'm sure he's a busy guy. Yeah, he's busy. And actually, the tannery, the guy that I, I deal with, he used to guide for, for Jim Shockey. Right. Really? Yeah. And he hasn't come to his place once more. He said, he said, oh, next time he comes out, I'll give you a call and you can come and talk to him. And you can thank him yourself in person, he said. But uh, I would like to talk to him. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's super cool. Yeah. All fun, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, I've heard, you know, good and bad, but that goes with anybody. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly that's, that's the case. Say that, Sam. Yeah. No, I hear most of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't think so. I think so. From what I see, it's great. <laughs> nice, no, good guy. Well, I reckon we might shut it down. We're probably getting on a little bit there. And... Yeah, we could, I mean, I get. Once I get going, there's so oh, many no. things to talk about. We could be all here all night. That's the best answer. Yeah. Could be or not. We'll come back and we'll do another one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd love to. We've got lots to talk about. We've so many more stories. And, oh. Well, I, yeah, I just love it. Oh, man. I just love so it. Do I. I just I, love telling the stories. I want to get off here so I can start looking at pictures and being a little selfish. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to get to. But we got to leave the listeners with something more. Can't give it all to them, right? That's right. That's okay. right. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, Chris, man. I really appreciate it. I know this is a new thing for, it's a new thing for me. You think for all of us, but yeah. especially new for you, so I like, appreciate you doing it. No, that, so. I, like I say, I love it very much, and I, I'd like to do it all over again. Oh, we'll do it. Absolutely. We're going to do tons of these. Oh, awesome. We're sure. going to get that notebook you've gotten. Yes, yes. We're going to turn that into a book, I think. Yeah. 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 That's the legend it. must That'd live on. Really cool. cool. The yeah. legend must live on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for, thanks for making it this far, and let me know what you think of Chris and some of these stories, but I love them, so I hope you guys do too. Thanks, see you guys. Great, see you. Perfect.